Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And uh, just want to get out ahead of this one, I have traded one form of bad audio for another. Uh, I am no longer using the interface I was using that was giving me the weird feedback thing, but also I'm in my new, uh, my new home, and right now, because the closet I'm going to be using as a permanent recording booth is not yet set up, I figured it would probably sound better to not be in the completely empty closet, and instead I'm in a mostly empty, larger wooden room. So it might sound a little echoey uh, on my end, but I'll, I'll do what I can to clean that up, and I figure it's better than there just kind of being a lot of extra excess static and noise. Yeah, Dylan, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, as I said before we started recording, a little tired, but, you know, it's... It's kind of been a lazy Sunday, so... Yeah, we're going to turn on the charm for you folks at home, don't you? Don't you worry about it? Like, I don't even know what energy I'm bringing right now. Uh, Let's just go unhinged. Let's just go full unhinged. (laughs) We're going to fucking do it. Hey, Dylan, what are we talking about this week? Talking to... And I I, I will say for the audience that I'm pretty sure we, we talked about New Game Plus as a concept. Um, but we're going we're gonna to talk about post-game content in games. What do you mean post-game content? What, is, what does that mean? So, so um, you know, this is a podcast about storytelling in video games. And uh, I guess post-game content kind of addresses what happens after the credits, after you have completed the story and the credits have rolled. And, like, the story's, for all intents and purposes, over. But you still got more game. What's up with that? Um, <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So... You know, I I, I kind of want to look at that from, you know, A, the perspective of being a player and also the perspective of wh- what does that mean, I guess, in the uh, text, as it were, of the whatever game it is you're playing. Yeah, let me get out ahead of, of this and just lay out my kind of hot take. Most of the time, I do not like this. <laughs> you don't. OK, like, interesting. I'm not I disagree making that with a, you vehemently. Yeah, but I'm we'll, not making we'll that like a. That. That's fair. That's fair. Like, and I'm not making that a full-on blanket statement. Like, I there are plenty of games I can think of that I will talk about uh, as as this episode goes on where I do really like it. But I guess let me put it this way: it's less that I dislike the you know the idea of end game content, the idea of like stuff to do after the credits have rolled, and it's more that I really really like clean endings and i feel like a lot of game like you kind of have to choose one or the other a lot of the time not always and again i'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this somebody we tells into- me that we, we we're coming at, at this episode with two very different um backgrounds it's possible okay, uh, but yeah but like i think that 
there is something really, really powerful and valuable in a story that like does what it has set out to do and comes to a clean ending and that's it. And games like that exist, but games like that very rarely feature like, all right, now back into the world to do, you know, the DLC stuff or the the side questing stuff that you didn't get to or the stuff that is unlocked now that the game has ended. And again, like, I'm not saying that, like, the latter there is bad, just let that I really like games that veer away from that and towards, like, having their story that they want to tell. But I again, they're I not mutually exclusive. Sorry, I, I think I have an example that you'll really like, actually. I'm, I'm very excited. And again, like, they are not mutually exclusive. In fact, I have a couple in them in my head that very much do both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, when when you brought this up, the first thing that popped into my head are things like a lot of, like, modern AAA open-world games where it's just, like, it's not so much that there's post-game content as, like, you can do the final boss, but then you can also reload that save and it'll be right before the final boss and there's 80 hours worth of, of fetch quests out there to do. That, that were triggered by beating the final boss or just, like... You know, you have sometimes and sometimes to... it's just like, well, we want you to play this game for as many hours as possible. So we're going to keep putting out DLC and hope that you just kind of keep playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, like that's kind of a different thing than what we're talking about. But that was what was originally came to my mind. Let's stop beating around the bush. Hey, Dylan, what was one of the things that you you brought this up to talk about? So the actual game that inspired this for me was um, Custom Robo, um, specifically okay. Custom Robo for the GameCube known as custom you just hurled me 20 years into the past probably not quite 20 but (laughs) fuck yeah Uh, custom robo was a great game it's close it's like 16 i want to say custom i'm just quickly googling 2004 so it would have been seven seven, uh, god we're so old uh, (laughs) (laughs) no anyway what what's up with custom robo what is up with okay so um Custom Other Robo than Battle kicking Revolution. ass. Say so what? Other than kicking ass, what's up with Custom Robo? Uh, so Custom Robo, uh, for those who don't know, um, God, I'm just gonna date this game. Yeah. Uh, for you Metabots fans out there. Oh my god, fuck me. <laughs> Cubix Robots for everyone. Um, Custom Robo is a series that kind of has that Saturday morning cartoon charm of you uh, build a robot and then you... Um, dive into this virtual reality where your robot comes to life and you control it with your brain and you fight other um you fight other people uh sometimes they're just you know it's a friendly competition sometimes it's the villain because we work on pokemon logic where you know you fight the bad guys through the game um and so the uh, custom robo itself has like the one on the gamecube kind of went for like an older I don't want to say cyberpunk because it's not cyberpunk, but it's got like a kind of it's it's got a very like early 2000s. What the future of the Internet is going to look like kind of. Yeah, like uh, like a more popular example from the same era would probably be like the Mega Man Battle Network games. Mega Man Battle Network. Or if you want to go into like the the world of cartoons, like your Scooby-Doo Cyber Chase or that one Fairly Odd Parents movie that's about going through TV. yeah. Like, that kind of vibe. But not the one about going through the internet. Was there one about going there through the internet? There were two, yeah. 
I forgot. I completely forgot that one existed. The only one that was in my head was the one where they're channel surfing. Anyway, <laughs> it's not important. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, actually maybe no. Nah, Batman Beyond's a little too cyber. Okay, it's not. Yeah, important. Batman Beyond was more purely cyberpunk. Yeah, but yeah. it's not important. Uh, basically, <laughs> you uh, you play as a bounty hunter. Um, and you you stop crimes with your toy action figures because that's the kind of vibe that this series went for. It's so good. I, I also it. I need to point out because I'm I'm spiraling back into my deep memory banks. The arena that you fight in in Custom Robo is called the Holoseum, like yes. hologram Coliseum. Yeah. Which I don't know if that is original to the Japanese or if that's the work of the localization team, but either way, superb. <laughs> It's really good. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, because the GameCube uh, custom robot has a bit more of a serious story, you, uh, you uncover this huge government conspiracy and you save the day, whatever, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, you go through all that, and then the credits roll, and then you unlock the second campaign, which is the Grand Battle. Um, so there, there's the story mode and then there's the story mode epilogue called the grand battles where they kind of wave most of the idea of story. And it's just a series of different, like, God, I want to say like six to seven round battles where, um, you fight like six to seven different enemies. And like, usually there's some kind of limitation put upon you and like, you can only use this type of part or, it's three on one and you're at the disadvantage um, stuff, stuff like that. And they're, they're still writing. It's not just like they, it's not that they just wave away everything. You go to all the locations that you visit in the main campaign. Um, and you, uh, you, you talk to characters and they're like, yeah, now that the crisis has been averted, like we're all just kind of, you know, winding down, letting loose and having fun. Yeah, um, it's a tournament so, arc. So it's 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 well it's a tournament Not arc quite, in a game but... that's like two thirds tournament arcs yeah. already, <laughs> but uh, yeah it's there's like it's just an opportunity for the characters to have like a lot of fun like for example the uh, <laughs> and this is kind of fucked up I'm not gonna lie but uh, the the villains from the game the Team Rocket equivalent uh they like get their memories wiped and they think that their um actors portraying the villains because it's like now that the crisis is over like they're it's they they turn the um their secret base into a tourist attraction and so the uh oh my the God. team rocket members are there but they're pretend they're actors because they don't realize that they're the actual villains that had their memories wiped um and just like that feels like something that would happen in like the, at the coda of, like, a Pokemon movie. It really does. You're not <laughs> wrong. Um, and just, like, it, it's, it's a fun opportunity because Customer is at its heart about, like, building and customizing robots and fighting them in tournaments and shit like that. Um, the one on the GameCube is actually kind of an outlier because the other games are in that more Metabots, Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, type of setting where you're just a kid at school participating in tournaments. And then, like, there's a villain at the end of the story or whatever. Um, Custom Robo was, like, going for a bit more of a cyberpunk vibe. 
Um, and it's fun that the the post game is really just like, yeah, but we're really just kind of taking the piss now. Like we we know <laughs> it's kind of a ridiculous setup, and we'll just push it to its most logical extreme while we give you different circumstances uh, to play the game under. Because now that you've gone through the main story, which is really just kind of a glorified tutorial, um, here's the real meat of the game where we will encourage you and push you to experiment and try different pieces and parts. God, I I need to. I need to get my hands on my GameCube. I have no idea if it's still at my dad's house or not, but I I need that, and then I need to find a copy of fucking Custom Robo so I can replay this dick. Chris, do you know how expensive GameCube games are right now? Oh, I'm well aware, my dude. I have a solution for you. Do you hear that? Off in the (laughs) distance? That sounds like the the cry of a dolphin. It sounds like a dolphin. It sounds like a dolphin. (laughs) God, that is really cool. I... In a similar vein, I want to shout out one of the example games that I, that that came to my mind that is very good. Uh, mm-hmm. A recent darling of mine, Hades. Yes. Um. So I do want to throw out like jump ahead like I don't know five ten minutes. Uh, if you don't want Hades spoilers, since it's still a relatively new game, Dylan, I assume you're okay with me potentially spoiling Hades. Oh yeah, go right ahead. So. The plot of Hades, the driving, the driving force of the game, is that Zagreus, the main character, wants to find his mother. Uh, his mother, Persephone, who is absent from the underworld. His dad, Hades, is being an absolute dick and not telling him anything. Uh, and so he's trying to bust out of the underworld to get to the surface to find Persephone. And that's the, the, the basis for the roguelike conceit is you're trying to escape Hades and when you fail, you get sent back to the beginning and you have to try again. And eventually, you will make your way to the surface and you will find Persephone and you'll be able to have a small conversation with her, but then eventually Zagreus dies because he's of the underworld, he can't live on the surface. And then you, so even upon achieving your goal, you, that it's perpetuating that roguelike gameplay method, you still have to keep making your way to the surface again and again and again. And doing that starts to unlock additional gameplay features, like you get the ability to... Uh, it's In the game, it's called the Pact of Punishment, where you can activate different challenges, make the game harder for yourself, and in doing so, unlock the ability to gain more rewards that you can translate into weapon upgrades and more things at, at, at home in between runs... Uh, and it opens up the ability to get more of the nectar that you give to characters to unlock different character conversations and and increase your bonds with them. And then eventually, once you get there, I don't remember how many times it takes, but once you make it to the surface a requisite number of times, Persephone comes back with you to the underworld. And during that return trip, the credits roll. That is effectively the end of the game. Mm -hmm. Except... That has only solved one problem. That solved Zagreus's problem of we want, like, I, I want to find my mother. I want to be with my mother again. The game continues and the story continues because then you need to, like, the, the game conceit is now you're working, you know, you're working actively with your shit heel dad Hades to, like, gussy up the defenses of the underworld by continuing to escape so that he can see what's not working which is a very funny thing (laughs) but also that's a funny conceit it's very good but also as you continue to make escape attempts there is another story going on of persephone needing to find like a solution to her issue which is the olympian gods are also kind of shit heels and i don't want them 
knowing where I am. Alternatively, maybe we can find a way to make things up? I don't really know. And to be honest, I have not gotten to the end of that story yet. I kind of fell off playing Hades because other games have come out. But I really, right. like, that really fascinated me. That, like, it's not just that there's more to do after the credits roll. It's much in the way of Custom Robo. It's, like, a whole new story. Or, in the case of Hades, it's almost more like it's the credits rolling happen at, like, the twist in the third act. In, like, traditional screenplay structure terms and so then you think you have accomplished one driving goal but in doing so found another one that still needs to be resolved through Mm -hmm. playing more and i just i thought that was like a really fascinating way of handling that they give you a definitive well first of all i like that they they have a conceit for why the story continues even when you even when you find, like, a definitive ending. I also like the fact that they gave Rogue, like, a definitive ending. Yeah, that is not a common thing, and it's really, really cool to see. But I, Like, in I, Downwell, you find your dog. But, like, you know, I don't think the scope of it ever, like, really goes beyond that. But in a game like Hades, where, like, the story develops so much because of the loops, giving giving the player an opportunity to, like, have these loops kind of actually built to something is great it's fantastic i'm I'm happy that like the story doesn't just end even if you want to do additional loops just because you reach the like credits credits yeah and and we've we've talked about before how cool it is that hades like actually incorporates the mechanics of roguelikes into the way that it presents its story uh and this is just another way and again i i absolutely love that the conceit for like why you are continuing to try to escape the underworld even after persephone has come back is that your dad is like okay fine i guess you're kind of good at this i'm gonna hire you to continue trying to escape so that i can make our security system better like that's just really charming and i really really love that um but yeah i mean like just like you said the the fact that they gave a roguelike a definitive this is the end, but there's still more story to uncover if you want, is I think a really fun balance between what I was talking about earlier, like liking solid endings, and also, you know, it's a roguelike, people are going to want to keep playing. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so the, the next game series I want to talk about, really it's, it's, two, it's two game series, but um, the first one I want to talk about is the... Final Fantasy games, but specifically uh, Final Fantasy IV for the Game Boy Advance. Wow, Dylan, that's a really specific entry to pick. Why <laughs> that one in particular? I'll tell you why, audience, and presumably Chris. Please do. So the uh, Game Boy Advance port, and I presume the PSP port that came after it, uh, those ports of Final Fantasy IV added a post-dungeon called the Lunar Ruins. Um, there's... Uh, Final Fan- a lot happens in Final Fantasy 4 the final dungeon's on the moon um, but next to the final dungeon you can access the Lunar Ruins and in there it's just like a I think it's slightly randomized and it's like a 100 floor bonus dungeon and what is cool about it is that like every 10 floors or so it's been a long time since I've played uh, done the Lunar Ruins so if I'm getting this wrong don't correct me I don't care <laughs> Um, but like every, every 10 floors, uh, each party member you have in like each member of the party you currently have in your active party, they will have a little 
side challenge that is designed specifically for them, like in terms of like their character and personality. So uh, the white mage Rosa, she'll have one where she has to go around town healing different people. Sid, who uh, made your airship, he um, he has to fly people around the world map just from location to location. It's a RPG crazy taxi. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. The Ninja Edge has to navigate a booby-trapped dungeon. Just stuff like that. And um, the, the most interesting one that's worth pointing out is uh, the Dragoon Kane. Um, in the story of Final Fantasy IV, Kane is the odd one out of a love triangle. Um, there is his child, there's his kind of friend rival, childhood friend rival, uh, Cecil, who's the main character. And then there's Cecil's love interest, Rosa, who they both have the hots for. And there is uh, Kane's bonus room content thing is uh, a murder mystery, actually. Someone's going around murdering uh, barren soldiers, and King Cecil needs to find out who it is. And you go around, and you learn that it is the, you know, uh, it's a little bit of a Kingdom Hearts plot twist, but it's like the darkness in Kane's heart, or his dark side. Um, and so Kane defeats his dark side in a battle, but uh, he then has the option of killing Cecil. Like, he can just kill Cecil himself. You, you have the option of doing that. Um, and whether or not you commit to the choice doesn't change the story any, because then the, the floor ends and you get a specific set of equipment based on what choice you made. And it doesn't impact the story, but it's just kind of a fun way to end it. And I, I think what I like about that is, like, it's not, really, it's not really big for the story, but it's like a fun little character moment with this character who's... He's, you know, he's kind of the brooding anti-hero of the party. Um, he betrays Cecil, and, you know, later he rejoins him, and um, it happens a couple times. And to kind of have a floor where you're just kind of in his head and you get to make the decision for him was, like, a really cool uh, denouement for the, for the character. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's fascinating. <laughs> another thing that's really cool about it is they actually incorporate that little side story into the uh the sequel final fantasy 4 the after years and it's you know it's different but you still have that moment where kane has to confront his dark side um and he actually so in the lunar ruins if you decide to spare cecil uh kane gets holy dragoon armor and um in final fantasy 4 the after years after you fight that dark kane boss um kane gets promoted to a holy dragoon and it's really cool how they like they took a look at that like scenario and said, "We really like that. Let's actually um you know, let's let's incorporate that into the story somehow." Um that's all I I don't know a lot about Final Fantasy for the After Years. Um a lot of people really don't seem to like the story all that much, but like hearing that, I always thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's fascinating. I and I I think that there's a lot of untapped potential in a lot of like party focused games that it sounds like this game was actually tapping into mm -hmm. like more directly than just like well here is this character's story delivered in flashback mm -hmm. see like as an example a game that i really love aesthetically and i've had a lot of fun with octopath traveler mm -hmm. where it's like you know there's some elements of like you can play everybody's story as like little quests but it also doesn't really feel like there's that much difference in kind, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It doesn't and it feel sounds like, like it really... 
comes together. Yeah, and um, it sounds like th- this game at least did some some more like mm-hmm. interesting stuff with that with those floors. This is this is a mild digression, but um, it's sad because like the the games that Octopath Traveler is paying homage to actually, uh, you watched me play a little bit of the Saga Frontier in college. They re-released it for modern consoles, and they they retouched the uh, the pixel art and everything, so it looks better on a modern display. That game handles uh, the the different character scenarios way different, and it's a lot more confusing. But I think it's also a lot more gratifying. So I don't know. I, I just wanted to mention that. That that's a digression. You can edit <laughs> that out. I will not. Um... Okay. Well, cool. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my Saga Frontier plug. <laughs> uh do we want to go to the playbill real quick and then yeah come out sure and let's do that bash out a couple other examples and now we're here in the playbill hey dylan speaking of uh custom robo those are, that's about very small robots but what if i wanted to watch an anime about very very big robots well, you're shit out of luck. No, um, <laughs> there's no such thing. Well, if if you um, if for some reason uh, the delightful machinations of Custom Robo are not enough for you, I highly recommend checking out the show Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. It's a show from 1982, I believe, and it has spun its own franchise um since then. And hey, if you like that show. Might I recommend to you a podcast started by me and our friend Coop, uh, Dude, You Remember Macross, where we go, like, every three episodes, we will record a podcast episode where we talk about the stuff, talk about uh, some of the themes. There's a, a lot of conflict about uh, personal, the personal life of soldiers serving the military, but also wanting to be a part of society and pop culture, and just kind of this idea on what's being missed out on by... You know, the role of having to play soldier. Um, stuff like what makes us human. It's all really, really good stuff. And if you want to check it out, you, sh- you can listen to us on anchor.fm slash dude you remember. Uh, we are also on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You should also go check out The Unexplored Places. It's an actual play podcast currently using the scum and villainy system to tell a story about space ne'er-do-wells and all of the trouble that they get up to. Uh, Dylan and I are both in it as player characters. It is a great time. Uh, heading towards, well, no, I won't say that. <laughs> Tis not my place to say. Tis not, not for me. Uh, but honestly, it's a, it's a really fun show. If you like actual play shows, if you like sci-fi, uh, if you like just big, weird ensemble casts getting up to trouble, uh, you should definitely check it out. It's on Twitter, at UnexploredCast, or you can go to unexploredcast.libsyn.com. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great show. Give it a listen. Big thank you, as always, to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. It's a great network full of podcasts about video games. And if you like our show, you're sure to like some of theirs as well. You should go check them out. They're on Twitter, at HPVG Pod Network, retweeting all the different shows all the time. Uh, and you should go check out some of them. You've got different angles, different people, different experiences, different goals. It's a good time. Thank you also to... Our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod for supporting us for making it so that we are not losing money making this show. That is a huge 
uh, burden off of our shoulders, and it means that we get to keep doing this every every couple of weeks, and it's uh, one of my favorite things to do with my best friend. So Aww, thank you thanks, for supporting. Bud. Without without Patreon, I would never talk to Dylan. That's not true. <laughs> keep it's my true. friendship He'd strong. Give us money on Patreon. <laughs> if this was not if this was not fiscally. <laughs> beneficial to me dylan i swear to god i'd ghost your ass like beyond two souls <laughs> fuck um <laughs> anyway oh that was dumb i'm sorry let's get back to the show i'm glad it's not canceled because of my bullshit <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Dylan, right. What else? What else have you got for me? Um, I got three and a half. Like one gets like a quick honorable mention because it's the one I know the least about. Three entries from Dragon Quest, actually. Uh, oh boy! So spoilers for Dragon Quest three. Kind of light spoilers for Dragon Quest seven and uh, spoilers for Dragon Quest eight and eleven. All right. <laughs> yeah, just the full gambit. So Dragon Quest three. Uh, the the story is. Your father disappeared fighting this dude, uh, finished the job. <laughs> um, and then uh, in the final dungeon, you actually catch up with your dad. It, it turns out the past 10 years he's been on this journey. Um, and you, by the end of the game, you actually catch up with him. And he dies. And it's very unceremonious. But, like, you know, it was an NES this, game from, this like, is 1991 the way. or something. I said, this is, this is the way. Thinking this about... This is the way, yeah. Uh... <laughs> And the proud tradition of where, where's my father figure? Oop, they're dead. Right. But you, you, uh, after you beat the game, uh, there's a bonus dungeon that's unlocked. Um, and really, there, there's nothing that's pushing you to explore this bonus dungeon other than the fact that, like, if you fire the game up again, you might notice that you can go there now. And when you explore it, you get to the end of the dungeon and you fight a dragon. And when you beat the dragon, they say, I will grant you a wish in true Toriyama fashion. And so, uh, you have a couple options. Uh, the, the obvious one is you can wish your dad back to life. And that's cool. Um, another option is, I think, like, better equipment. It's been a while since I've played. But the most important option, uh, I'm going to send Chris an image real quick, and then I'll, Ooh, I'll tell you what I sent An image? Him. That sure is Shenron. <laughs> Zenlon, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Flick through a copy of Guns. And- this is the you most get Akira a Tori- mag. <laughs> This is the most Akira Toriyama image I have ever seen. <laughs> inc- I've been rereading uh, old school Dragon Ball recently. Yep. I'll, I'll stick this image in the Twitter thread so you have context. This is the most fucking Akira Toriyama image I have ever seen in my goddamn life. Like. Note, Akira Toriyama did not write the uh, Dragon Quest games. That was Yuji Horii. But I guess Yuji Horii and Akira Toriyama are just fucking peas in a pod because you can you can bring you can bring your father back to life, or you can. It doesn't even say own. It says flick through a copy yeah. of this porno mag. Amazing. 
So that that's that's kind of a fun, um, charming thing that you can do it's, in Dragon Quest Three. It's got a certain charm to it. It's got a certain charm to it. Uh, in Dragon Quest Seven, uh, there's a dungeon, and at the end of it, so the the rough plot of Dragon Quest Seven is that there was a a war between heaven and hell. Uh, let's rock. Uh, like way before the start of the game, and so. It kind of ended in a stalemate, but I guess God just said, fuck it, all right, uh, the world's purgatory now. Um, this is a huge uh, approximation of the plot. I'm, I'm kind of blurring some details yeah, absolutely. Uh, for the sake of spoilers. Um, we but we don't have time for you to do a full beat-by-beat -beat recap of three Dragon Quest games. Are you insane? Right. Thank you. I, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Four, in fact. Um, but... So yeah, uh, at the the final dungeon, you beat the leader of hell or whatever, like the false god, whatever the case is. I haven't actually beaten Dragon Quest Seven because that game is long. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know the, the credits roll, and then afterwards you get a bonus dungeon, um, where you go and then you beat God because <laughs> like <laughs> fuck you, me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you, you go to uh, you go through the uh, bonus dungeon, and at the end of the dungeon, God's just chilling, minding his own business, and he's like, "Get the fuck out of my house!" And you get, you have the option of being like, "No, fuck you," and you beat him. All right. <laughs> um, and that that was just a tiny note, but it reminded me of another game that I'll mention later. So I'll I'll just move on to the uh the next Dragon Quest game, Dragon Quest Eight. Uh, you save the day. Um, but. You're, uh, and I, I can't remember exactly how Dragon Quest Eight ends, but, like, your girlfriend's going to get married to the prince of a, of a kingdom. Um, your girlfriend's the princess of another kingdom, so it's a political marriage, and I want to say you have no say in it, um, in the, the default ending, but if you do the bonus dungeon after the credits, you get a certain set of armor that proves that you are actually the inheritor to a long-lost kingdom from way before the start of the story, so you you earned the right to marry the princess. Um, oh no, it's it's that uh it it's kind of a the the prince that's about to marry uh your girlfriend, he's uh the son of the steward. So it's like an Aragorn Boromir type of deal. Okay. Where um you you basically go through the bonus dungeon and you're able to claim your place as the rightful king of that land. So you are able to ask for the princess's hand in marriage. Um and then uh, because Dragon Quest XI is, like, what, three years old now? Um, I'm gonna put a spoiler warning up here. Uh, hopefully, uh, Chris, if you could give me a timestamp for people who um, don't want Dragon Quest XI spoiled for them. Hey, editing, be... Chris, this is your, your signal to go forward and insert in uh, a timestamp crudely at some point into this next moment. Yeah, sorry to put the, the no, you're fine. on you. Jump forward three and a half minutes. But, um, so, Chris, you played, like, the first three hours of Dragon Quest XI, right? Uh, that, that would be generous. I played the first little bit. I don't remember yeah, exactly right. how deep into um, it I got. Did you meet Veronica, um, the, the twins, Serena and Veronica? They're, like, a black mage, white mage duo. I don't think so. I don't think I got that deep. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was like... <laughs> You know, uh, for people out there who are curious, you can meet them in the Dragon Quest XI demo for the Switch. It allows you to play <laughs> the first 10 hours of the game, and you can transfer your save to... Okay. God, this is this is getting into fucking Final Fantasy XIV meme territory. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the bit I was playing. 
Um, but anyway, so uh, Veronica, the she's the older sister, but she's been cursed uh, to she's been de-aged. Um, she actually dies during the the main campaign of the story. And so you you beat the final boss and everyone's kind of moved on. Everyone's had their their character growth, their resolution. They've moved on from their loss. Um, but after the credits, you go through this bonus dungeon and at in this dungeon, uh, you basically learn the main character can go back in time and save um, save Veronica. However, in doing this, like he will be leaving this current timeline behind. And so all of the character growth that everyone has made will be wiped. Oh, shit. Yeah. And your your party actually tries to dissuade you from it. It's like, yes, we miss her. But like, also, we've grown so much and like we, we've been able we don't want to lose you. So you have the choice of letting it lie or going back in time where you you go uh to, like you go right to the moment where this huge catastrophe happens. And because even though the rest of your party's like whatever level you were at that point in time, you're like level 75. So you like one shot the boss um, and basically save the world. And that completely changes what happens in the future. So the entire post game is actually just like an alternate campaign. Um, oh, super cool. It's super cool. Um, but because of that, like there's actually a lot less emphasis on the characters and story because you went through the story. Yeah. So all that's left is like, you know, there are adventures for you, but like because you dealt with the problem, there's no growth for any of your party members. And you just kind of are with these characters who aren't as, you know, they aren't as attached to you as they were after the loss and all the suffering. That's really cool. That that might be just from that description, one of my new favorite like depictions of time travel in a game it's very good i I because it's playing into like like the interactive aspects of it Mm -hmm. that's fast that's really really cool yeah dragon quest is full of like little cool moments like that and Um, also getting a dragon to give you a titty mag (laughs) hey hey the the gap between these games was like at least 23 yeah, years 20 25 years i got you yeah <laughs> god it's so fucking funny it's very good. I, I might need to make this image my fucking lock screen on my phone <laughs> it's really good i'm glad i made you that happy <laughs> Um, I got I got one more game. I don't know yeah, if please. you have anything I can pass. It I don't back really have anything you. else. I I I've been thinking about it, and like there's there's a little bit of that in like I guess I'll I'll, I'll shout out this element because in in Hollow Knight there is sort of the main thrust of your goal is to become strong enough to uh to sort of vanquish the dreamers, unlock the gate, and fight the hollow knight and if you're going for 100% completion uh the radiance the the disease that is inside the hollow knight but also there's a hidden boss rush mode in hollow knight where if you if you have a key and use it to open a sarcophagus in uh in the junk pit you can go to god home which is like this dream world where these people revere the gods of of hollow nest and it's a boss rush. 
So you oh, cool. need, in order to actually complete the boss rush, you need to have completed the entirety of the base game on that save file because you only gain access to the bosses once you find them mm. in the real overworld. But if you manage to beat the boss rush, which is not easy, <laughs> you, need to, you need to beat four distinct different like collections of bosses to unlock the final one. And then that final one, you have to do every boss in the game in one go. And if you do that, you get a secret alternate ending that is like an actual ending to the game. It's not like, oh, you get an achievement. It's like, no, this counts as beating the game wow, in a different okay. way. <laughs> um, kind of reminds me of, and this isn't the example I had in mind, but now that you mention it, I have to mention it. Um, that kind of reminds me of uh, Johto and beating Red. In, yeah, um, yeah. In and then Pokemon getting to go Gold. back to, uh, to Kanto. Yeah. Uh, that and the God. Battle Frontier are like both really cool ways of doing post game. Yeah, um, the, God, getting to that was such a fucking like mind bending moment. So good, and like people people complain about how much smaller con- uh, Kanto is in um, Gold and Silver, but like also it's there, and that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, and like they're fitting that shit on a fucking Game Boy Color cartridge. Cut them some slack. Shout out to Iwata for optimizing the data well enough to be like, yeah, hey, we honestly. can fit the, we can fit this shortened version of Kanto and like that's so cool. It's so good. Anyway, sorry, you had you had another example. Yeah. Um also you mentioning Hollow Knight, which is a Metroidvania, reminded me of two Metroidvanias. Uh the first one is Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. I've mentioned this before. Um if you get the bad ending in Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow, in which main character Soma Cruz, the reincarnation of Dracula, reverts back to being Dracula, there is an additional campaign you unlock where you play as uh, Julius Belmont, you know, uh, the, the main, like, the latest incarnation of the Belmont family, the, the main characters of the series, uh, Yoko Belnades, and uh, Alucard, and you... you play as them and you go through the castle again to kill dracula (laughs) and like they're they're, it's like it's a fun extra mode but they do actually include a couple cutscenes to give some context and character and personality to the journey um so yeah that's really cool uh and then i forgot about this but someone reminded me metroid other m has a post game technically wait what Oh yeah, you didn't know this? I did not. I mean, I I never played through to the end of Other M and I have not sought out like a I think I watched a playthrough of it like shortly after it came out, but I either they didn't get there or I just like completely forgot. Totally fine. So here's the thing. In Metroid Other M, you uh go through the game, you beat the game, you uh get the credits. There's a power up, the the power bombs that you don't get well, okay, so technically Samus has them all along. She just didn't get authorization to use them, and the only reason she does use them is because she's about to die to the final boss. <sighs> you, 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 get, you gain use of the power bombs. Um, and so that actually unlocks a lot of passages that you could not use, you could not reach during the main story. So the, the post-game is actually just you being allowed to run through the entire ship that the game takes place on and the justification for it is because like after you collect all the items on the ship or you know do whatever you want 
um, the goal of this post game is to reach a certain area, retrieve Adam's helmet, you fight a boss from Super Metroid, then you have to do an escape sequence, and Samus, yeah, she she went on to a self destructing ship to get Adam's helmet, and that's the, the, the that's the story you can see love Metroid Other M. God. Anyway, Dread's uh, we, coming out. We've talked about Metroid Other M enough that I, I feel like hopefully our listeners know by now, like why this is such yeah. a uh, grumble, grumble, mumble uh, type of uh, moment. But hey, it's you know, it's, you can get those power ups now. Aren't aren't you happy? Your missile capacity has increased. <laughs> God, just just give me Dread, and then maybe Prime Force someday. That's all I need. <laughs> maybe someday. Uh, okay, last one. Out there, <laughs> there's a game. Nice, beautiful. Um, okay, so the the la- actual last game I wanted to mention, which I was reminded of when I talked about beating the devil and then beating God, is Final <laughs> Fantasy II. Um, the the PS One re release and every re release afterwards has a post game. So the story of Final Fantasy II is. There's an evil empire. You're part of the rebellion. Take out the empire. Um, and then, like, after you kill the empire, everyone's celebrating. And then, like, the empire shows up and he's like, haha, I've taken over hell because I was just that cool. Oh, my God. Um, so you have to go into hell to finish the job. God. So that's where Abrams got the idea for Star Wars. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um... Sorry, I just felt like I needed to make a cheap no, dig. I hadn't a made a cheap dig, dig at Star it. Wars Episode Nine in like three weeks, and I thought I was yeah. going to die. <laughs> it's fair. I think everyone should kind of <laughs> grind their heel into Star Wars Episode Nine, especially uh, John Boyega and Kelly Marie Tran. Yep. Oh boy, guys, I f- I'm sorry. Anywho, um, so there is a post game where you're actually playing as all the party members because Final Fantasy II had a super high body count. You play as all the um party members who died and the bonus dungeon is paradise yo what yes that's you're going, wild you're going through heaven and you find the, let's the, rock yeah <laughs> you you find the portion of the empire or uh, the emperor who was determined as virtuous and he's like hey guys I'm sorry. My other half was a shit rat bastard. Yeah, can we? Can I ever make it up to you? And they're like, "Yeah, you can fucking die again." And you fight his good half as the final boss. Amazing. <laughs> because Final Fantasy Two is awesome. That's so fucking good. I need to play like all of these games. <laughs> I Final Fantasy Two is like, I haven't played a lot of it. I like. It's one of my brother's favorites. Um, like I, I'm willing to give it a shot one of these days, but I've heard very mixed things about it. So you might want to give that one a shot later if you ever do That's get around fair. to it. God, Although who knows, maybe that experimental good. vibe that it has might be, you know, that might be up your alley. Yeah, I mean, um, I've I have made no uh, no mystery of the fact that I love games that do weird things, even if they yeah. don't always work out. <laughs> Yeah, um, the the guy who, uh, this is going to be my second Saga Frontier plug of the episode, um, the guy who directed Final Fantasy 2 went on to uh, create the Saga series. So, like, okay. uh, a lot of the, like, Final Fantasy 2's weird idiosyncrasies that are very controversial and love it or hate it are actually present in the Saga series as well. Okay. 
Well, maybe I'll have um, to do some uh, some JRPG homework. Yeah, yeah. If you have any questions, just shoot me a DM. I'll tell you uh, my Twitter at later. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> actually, I'll tell you my Twitter at now because I, I think like we're I think we're. Yeah, I feel like this feels like a good place to uh, to wrap up. In the meantime, Dylan will tell, like he said, he'll tell you our Twitter at in a minute, uh, and you should use that to let us know about your favorite example of like this kind of like hidden or post-game extra content, extra story, uh, because this is fascinating and I want to know more. And until next time, thank you so much for listening to Backstage Gaming. We really enjoy having you here. Having you here? Sure, that's what I'll say. We really hope that you enjoyed having us here. And if you like the show, please do leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcast. We're on your podcatcher of choice, the Apple Podcast Service, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you, anywhere that fine podcasts and also our show are found. Uh, ratings and reviews and, and sharing it with the people in your life really does help us kind of grow and, and find more people to listen. So please do that if you like what we're doing. Also, if you want to know more about us or more about the show, you can head to bsgpod.com. It's got info about the show. It's got uh, info about me and Dylan. It's got a contact form if you want to reach out to us directly. All that good kind of stuff. So go check that out, bsgpod.com. Hey, Dylan, what about social media? Um, yeah, uh, if you want to hit us up on social media, our Twitter is at bsg underscore cast. And you can also find us on Facebook. Um, also, if you want to engage with us or about us, you should use that hashtag bsgpod. Um, also, uh, just... Because I I said I'd plug in my own handle. Uh, my handle is at the Dilla. That is T H A underscore D I L A. Yeah, while we're doing it, why the fuck not? My handle. I changed it recently because I'm trying to like nail down a brand that isn't 18 words long with my common as fuck name. Uh, my handle is the, the C J Wilson. The underscore C J Wilson. You can find me on Twitter as well. Do it. Uh, thank you. No, you you say yeah, you say so, thank you now. Come on, what's going on now? A <laughs> uh, <laughs> huge huge thanks to our friend Brennan French for the key art he has provided our show. Um, if you dig his stuff, you can find him on his Squarespace at Brennan-French.squarespace.com. That is B-R-E-N-N-E-N-French.squarespace.com. You can also find him on Instagram.com/slash Brennan French Arts. Or on Twitter at Brennan underscore French. You should also go check out our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. He's a great uh, electronica composer and producer. And if you like our theme, you'll like the rest of his stuff too, I bet. You can find him by going to soundcloud.com slash BioQuery. That's soundcloud.com slash B I O Q U E R Y. Or by searching for BioQuery on Spotify. Thanks again to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod for giving me an excuse to talk to this knucklehead over here. Thanks to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. It means the world to us that we get to be included with so many cool podcasts. And thank you for listening. This episode was brought to you by viewers like you. Thank you. And good luck. <laughs> good luck that, for what? That felt really menacing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.